Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Tate Frazier, and on the line, I have Ringer writer Jonathan Charks. Charks, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Trying to survive out here in Vegas. Yeah, well, it is summer league season. Uh, We have passed Orlando. We've gotten through Utah. And now we're in Las Vegas, Sin City. Uh, It's been a good time. We were both there Saturday. We were both uh, staying in Excalibur, which is quite the... uh, the high quality hotel. I don't think Merlin would approve if he, if he were still around. <laughs> oh yeah, it's top of the line out here for sure. Yeah, it's a real hustle to to, to get on this grind. Uh, but first, Charks, I just gotta talk to you about my man Thon the Thon 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 Maker in the Milwaukee Bucks. What uh, what'd you see from him yesterday? Obviously, they played the D League Select team, uh, Quinn Cooks uh, franchise. Uh, K Academy man, out here yeah. living. Academy lifestyle. But uh, what did you see from Thon? Is is he legitimate? Is he worth the number 10 pick? Well, I like that he was signing autographs after. So he has, the right, he has the right attitude about, you know, what he's all about. I think with Thon, I've watched him a lot the last few days. It's just like he has these ideas in his head of who he is that maybe aren't really... He's a little delusional. He kind of thinks he can dribble at the floor and shoot threes off the dribble. But when he stays in his lane, he's pretty good. It's just... When he kind of pushes himself beyond that, he gets in trouble. Yeah, I will say, so his his uh, his post-game press conferences have been pretty incredible so far. I mean, he's a well-spoken kid. He seems to be pretty me- media savvy already, like as if he's been coached up pretty well. But they were asking him about his game after Friday night's game. And he basically said, he, he compared himself to Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan all in the all in separate you know factions of their game whether it was heart or skill and I was just like man I just love it Thon's Don, out here just letting people know how he feels about himself he comes Co- from the Ben Bentil school of self-evaluation I think. <laughs> aka just put up the buckets you know Bentil's just putting up shots I don't think he's made a pass all weekend <laughs> I mean, he's played eight okay let's talk a two side talk we'll have Ben Bentil talk later but yeah Thon I mean, he's out there he's getting shots up left and right but he gets a lot of rebounds he, he kind of like contests shots just just like being seven foot one and being active, he has some value just in and of itself. Even though the skill isn't quite where he wants it to be, just the mere fact of his presence gets generates points at the rim for the Bucks. Yeah, and I mean he's so he's leading. I mean he's averaging 15 rebounds per game in summer league so far. He had 17 uh, yesterday against the D League Select team. I mean. Just his ability to get boards is a value, but like, will that translate? Because to me, watching him, you know, he obviously has a good idea of how to like read shots and get to where the ball is going to bounce out the basket, and has sort of like a natural knack for all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, he looks pretty feeble. He looks like a weak guy. Like I think he's going to have to put on some pounds to be able to actually play. Yeah, I think a lot of it too. Like he has a really small head. It kind of throws off your evaluation of him a little bit. I think just by being like just the activity alone, most seven foot one guys don't move as well as he does. That's what yeah. jumped out to me too. Him and Dragon Bender both move really, really well for seven foot one. That's a perfect uh, a segue to, to to our guy uh, Dragon Bender, who was the number four pick for the Phoenix Suns, is now playing on the Phoenix Suns uh, summer league team. Along with Devin Booker, who is unbelievable, that we can get to that later. But Bender uh, had an interesting Saturday. He basically went one-on-one, head-to-head on multiple occasions with Maryland's own Jake Lehman, and Jake Lehman dogged him, dogged him hard, three or four times. Did they get teed up? Yeah, Dragon Bender got a technical on Saturday because Jake Lehman got in his head so bad that he was basically like 
trying to talk back and get in his face and like trying to assert himself. And and the refs were like not having it. They're like, sorry, man, you're getting punked by Jake Lehman right now. Welcome to the NBA. <laughs> it was the ghost of Christmas future for Dragon. Like, yeah. oh, this, this could be me if my life goes horribly wrong in four years. Not only <laughs> running around with a hipster beard playing for Portland. Not only did Jake Lehman body Dragon Bender, the number four overall pick in Croatia's chosen son. He literally took Marquise Chris, he stole the ball from Marquise Chris uh, at midcourt, and then went down and just yammed on him. I mean, on the breakaway, like one of the, one of the highlight dunks and highlight plays on Saturday, he just dunks all over Chris, and then he lands on his face in true Jake Lehman fashion, and it, it was awesome. It, great day for Jake Lehman in Maryland basketball, for sure. I will say this, I'm not here for any Dragon slander. Like, this was my first time watching him live, <laughs> and he was really impressive, just the yeah. way he moves. Also, he was bigger than I thought he would be. He's listed at 225, but my guess is he's more like 230, 235. He carries the weight really well. I think he'll be a pretty easy five in the NBA eventually. He's only 18. Yeah. So if you have a five with his skill set, I had an NBA guy to call him a seven foot one Mike Dunleavy. Oh. And you, th- you think about I think that's a good thing though, because like imagine if Mike Dunleavy was seven foot one and could play center, be pretty valuable. Absolutely. Not to say that anyone has uh, Dunleavy's ability to make the right play at all times. Uh, I would say, so Noah Vonley, they, uh, Dragon and Noah Vonley went like sort of head-to-head a little bit too. And, and same with Marquise Chris and, and Noah Vonley. And I, I think uh, Vonley still looks like he has a lot to figure out. Um, but Bender did a great job defending Vonley like multiple times. And that was like the, the best thing I saw from Bender was his ability to play defense and move his feet. Yeah, he could really, like, it seemed like in the Boston game, the Celtics were going at him a lot. Because they were like, oh, this is a big white guy, let's go at him. And they scored some on him, but he could kind of hold his own moving his feet laterally, side to side. I mean, that's just really, that to me was the big, maybe the biggest standout of Summer League to me, was watching Bender move. Like, yeah. this is a big seven foot one guy who can move and also to play the game. I think that, it's looking like a good pick already. So that Suns team... When you look at, from from the, the best teams and the best basketball I saw, I mean, there was no team. I mean, maybe the Nuggets, but the Suns were the best team that I watched uh, while I was in Vegas this weekend. I mean, you got Chris, you got Booker, who is on another level. I mean, Devin Booker was just talking all this trash to everybody. He was taking heat check threes in people's faces. I mean, they were playing, I mean, on a different level. Tyler, Tyler Ewis literally looks like little Muggsy Bogues out there. He just bounces off people. He has a ball on the string. I mean, he can make any pass he needs to make. He makes a smart play. I thought he was going to be too little. Like, you know, he's just like one of those yeah. guys where, you know, Trey Burke syndrome where they're just too little. Shane Larkin, Trey Burke, those kind of guys where they have all the skills, but they're just too small. But Ulysses is just, it's like a different kind of athlete, man. He's like a little, like, bug out there. And he's like a bunny hopping around. He prances around. He, I mean, he's so quick. It, 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 he was one of the guys that stood out to me the most, honestly, other than Booker in those games, was Ulysses and how well he played. Yeah, he was really impressive. I remember he, like, just ate up Russ Smith. Like, he gave Russ yep. Smith taste of his own medicine of, like, being a super small, aggressive guard. And, yeah. like, yeah, he really got rebounds. He great feel for the game. He really controlled the action for the Summer Suns. And, yeah, Booker was hilarious. I remember <laughs> maybe the funniest thing I saw all weekend, it was Booker versus R.J. Hunter. Yeah, they were night. They were going at it for, like, 15 minutes, just going at each other. It's like, who can hit more fadeaway threes and, like, pump fake in the air and cry to the refs? And Booker had him won pretty thoroughly, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, I, I honestly... I, you know, I'm an R.J. Hunter apologist. I love that he went and played for his dad. And uh, I was really proud of R.J. for trying to go at Booker, but Booker was still like, hey, man, don't even, like, don't even, don't even think about it. 
<laughs> yeah, I think in his heart he thinks he's Devin Booker, which like good for him, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, another guy who thinks he's uh, probably Devin Booker light or in the class of superstar is the number one overall pick. The man that wears the white sleeve and sits by himself, Mr. Ben Simmons, who took on Brandon Ingram Saturday night in the uh, number one pick versus number two pick showcase. Uh, Showcase was probably a strong word for that. (laughs) That that was bad. It was a bad game. Uh, What did uh, so both those guys? First, let's talk about Simmons. Um, So Simmons, obviously, number one overall pick, sixteen thousand fans there. So many Lakers fans that are just coming out to show Brandon Ingram support, and both those guys. I won't say they no-showed, but they, they didn't play too well on the big stage. Yeah, it was, like, too much for them. The whole, like, game. I, I think it was, like, 41-25 in the third quarter at some point. Yeah, it was. It was, it was bad. Like, because, like, the entire arena was just full. People were acting like it was, like, game seven of the finals, and it was not. I don't know. I, I would say this. I So, Simmons, uh, he, he luckily for Simmons, he had T.J. McConnell next to him. And the TJ great M- T.J. McConnell with a new, yeah. like, we, like, swoop haircut. Looking very oh, professional. I'm all in on TJ McConnell, NBA player, because, I mean, he handled that moment better than both those guys. I mean, obviously, he's played an NBA game surreal, but, not, you know, that, that adds I mean, to it. But I mean, poor man's Deladova, dude. Yeah, he was great, and it was so fun to watch. But Simmons refused to take jump shots. I mean, there was a couple times where I think McConnell was, like, setting him up. He was like, Let, let's show the world that this guy can't actually shoot, and I should be the starting point guard. He would, like, dribble down and then, like, throw it back to, like, the top of the key at the free throw line. It happened twice, and Simmons, like, held the ball like a kid that didn't know what to do with it, you know, rather than just taking the shot because he didn't want to shoot it, and then he kicked it out to the corner to Nick Stauskas for three, which is, like, the worst play you could ever make in basketball. And it was just like, this guy definitely doesn't want to take the shot. So what do you think about that? I mean, do you think he's eventually going to start taking the jumper? I saw him take a jumper the next night. I guess they played, I forget what they played on Saturday, or they on Sunday. But he did take a jump shot and he made it. It was like, oh my gosh, he made a jump shot. It was funny though, because he was like, after the game, he goes, well, I just take what the defense gives me. It's like, no, you definitely do not take what the defense gives you. You had, Z- you had Zubas guarding you five feet off you, and he still wouldn't shoot jumpers. That was yeah. pretty funny. The defense was literally like, please shoot Ben Simmons, please. And he he refused to. On the other side, number two pick, Brandon Ingram for the Lakers. Uh, he I I don't even I don't know if I would say Ben Simmons looked like he couldn't handle the moment, but Brandon Ingram looked like the moment was really, really big for him. Uh, he was real timid. He wouldn't take anybody off the dribble. He lost two back-to-back times. He was coming, uh, basically trying to drive to the basket and got his pocket picked. And then from there, he just kind of sat on the perimeter and didn't do much. W- I mean, what do you think about him when you watched him play? I mean, like, like guys like Ingram and Simmons, I've seen them so much in college. I don't take too much away from you know games yeah. like this. Yeah. I think with Ingram, it's just the idea like, he has to be able to shoot really well for him to be the player we all think he can be. Because if yep. he's not hitting his jumper, he's not super fast. He's obviously really frail. So you can play off him and bump him in the lane and just take the ball from him. So if I he's th- missing his jumper, he's not a great player. That's just the bottom line with him. I think the thing that really uh, makes Ingram stand out, especially in college when he had some of his biggest games, it was he was willing to move around off the ball and to mix it up on the offensive board. Like he would crash the glass. And in that game, it was weird how he just sort of... He, he seemed like he was just trying not to mess up or make a mistake. Which, I mean, that, that comes with being a 19-year-old kid with 16,000 I think people. he's 18, isn't he? Oh, yeah, 18 going on 19. Yeah, so. that's the thing with Ingram. Like, he's so underdeveloped physically. I think there's going to have to be kind of some patience with him. Like, even compared to the great Dragon Bender, who's 
carrying weight pretty well. Ingram's like 190 probably at 6'11". He yeah, just that, needs to get stronger. Yeah, and that's like a that's a courteous 190, really. Yeah, yeah, that's soaking wet, you know, at the Escalade pool 190. Before we go on, wanted to tell you about today's sponsors. Stop compromising on your shave and get started with Harry's. For far too long, you've either paid too much for a comfortable shave or you've settled for a low price but low quality razor. Harry's offers something you never had before, a great shave at a fair price. Harry's makes its own high-quality razors, cuts out the middleman, and ships them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Good shave, good price. It's simple. Get the best of both worlds with Harry's. Why is Harry's unique, you ask? Harry's is the only shaving company that has both amazing quality and low prices. Harry's makes just one razor with all you need for a close, comfortable shave, five German crafted blades, flex hinge, and a lubricating strip. Quality is guaranteed. Full refund if you're not happy. I have Harry's. They sent me a full kit. It's been great. I don't necessarily have to shave that much, but you know, when I do, I have to give my shouts to Harry's and the starter set. Uh, Harry's starter set, it's called the Truman set, is a great option for new customers and an amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream. It's a great shave cream. And three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors, plus there is a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code MBA. Go to Harry's right now and look for the Truman set. That's harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter code MBA at checkout to get $5 off and help support the show. Stop compromising. Give Harry's a try today. And we're also brought to you by Me Undies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably, yeah, boring. Me Undies is here to change that. Every pair of Me Undies is made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of Me Undies, but once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of Me Undies, they're free, no questions asked. Me Undies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember, Superman. Shipping is free in the US and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with Me Undies subscription plan get the subscription or a single pair get 20% off your first order when you go to meundies.com slash mba show that's meundies.com slash mba show for 20% off your first order meundies.com slash n-b-a-s-h-o-w go now so that we got we covered the number one pick uh covered number two pick uh, Chris Dunn was number five pick for the T-Wolves. Uh, he pretty much seems to have it together, and he's ready to go. Anything outside of that? I mean, obviously, we know he's a lot older than these guys, and he should have it together. I mean, just the jumper is a question. To me, I, I think long-term, like, Dunn and Wiggins, can one of those guys be a consistent three-point shooter? Because he was yeah. taking a lot of, like, off-dribble jumpers on, the, like, yesterday. It was like, that's not really your game. But if you got him and Wiggins out there, you can kind of shrink the floor on him. And I think that's a big question with him in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, another another guy who's a top five pick, Jalen Brown. Uh, we both watched the Bulls Celtics game together on Saturday, and uh, Jalen Brown did not look like he quite had it together yet. And that's uh, probably I think he nice. was coming off an injury though, right, or something. Yeah, his like knees, he had like a knee thing. Yeah, so it was a hyperextension of his knee, I think, and and that was like sort of the talk that was holding him up, but I saw a Rondo jersey, so I saw a Celtics Rondo jersey. Uh, 
and they had taped the name Jalen Brown on the back, and they were waiting in line to get an autograph from Jalen Brown. And I proceeded to see another Celtics fan berate the other guy and basically want to kick his ass for uh, taping <laughs> taping Jalen Brown over Rondo. Is Rondo still loved in Boston? I mean, he did well there, I guess. Or I they mean, turned on him, too. Based on this Celtics fan, I mean, it was honestly one of the most entertaining things I saw a weekend, just seeing a Celtics fan body another Celtics fan and say, don't ever disrespect Rondo in the number nine like that. <laughs> oh, they're disrespecting Rondo by having oh. yeah yeah he was, was like way. Okay. he was like jalen brown does not deserve to be on this jersey you know? <laughs> that's awesome that's so Boston. yeah i was like that was that that was one of my favorite stories but jalen so jalen's jump shot obviously isn't quite there yet uh but outside one, of that the one thing i'll say about jalen like in that chicago game he was going up against des wells and des yeah. wells whatever his strengths weaknesses he's a very strong physical dude so like yeah. If you can put a defender on Jalen who he can't bully, I'm not sure Jalen's game is ready yet to just not bully people to death. I think that's his plan A, B, C, D, and E. And then plan F is just fadeaway jump shots. He needs to work on his plan B when he can't just bully people, which just comes with time, I suppose. Yeah, one guy he did bully a couple of times was Denzel Valentine uh, that got switched on him. And I would say in person, I've never seen Valentine in person. I was a big fan of Valentine at Michigan State. I watched you know a lot of his games and i've kind of seen him grow up he looked a little small i mean i know he's listed at six seven but he he's, looks about he's not he's about six four probably yeah he's about six four and uh jeremy grant was taller than him well, so uh, Jer- jaron grant jaron we, grant we were yeah, both jaron surprised grant. by that we we're like wow jaron grant is definitely taller than denzel yeah yeah it was uh that, that was like the shocking realization i saw and that like that was the times when i felt good about jalen brown when i saw him go against uh denzel the, the real star of the Celtics, though, outside of uh, R.J. Hunter trying to go at Devin Booker, is the man French Draymond, Gershon. Uh, he looks like Boris Diaw light. You know, he looks like young Boris I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even say, like, light. He's probably as big as Boris is now. I mean, he's a big guy. He's, he's like 270, right? Yeah. He looks like a freaking, like, left tackle or something. Yeah, and he and he had one. Or, he had a couple times where he hit threes that were just like kick out, like you know, knock down threes where he just wet them. I mean, yeah. I was really impressed with him. All the French Draymond talk I thought was pretty stupid and pointless before, but after seeing him in person, I'm like, that guy's gonna play next season on the Celtics. And then he had the one thing: he hits the threes, then he pump fakes, gets the lane, and scores, and then he runs down the floor looking at his hand. Yeah, he pulled. Yeah, that was big time. That was big time. I will say the Boston guys. There's a lot of self confidence on that Boston team. A lot of guys with a very high opinion of themselves. Like, yeah. Let's get let's get the Ben Benzel talk. So that was hilarious to watch him. <laughs> so the first game he plays three minutes, doesn't bat box out Jack Cooley. Boom on the bench the rest of the game. Second game, he comes in, just starts throwing up shots as fast as he can get, take them. I think well, I texted you, he had like four shots in five minutes. Yeah, you take like, I, I love Ben Benzel, man. I think he's one of my favorite players from the weekend, just because bef- when he got drafted, uh, I was like, oh, man, Benzel's like a humble guy. Like, this is such a great opportunity for Benzel. Like, I think he'll be fine. He's going to work hard. What a steal for the Celtics. And then I talked to someone that knew him, and they were like, He's got a pretty big ego, has a lot of self-beliefs, going to put up shots, doesn't really care about anything else. And after watching him, you know, I definitely believe that take, and it is awesome to see. The dude will just take a jumper anytime. He doesn't want to play defense. He's not going to play defense. And he's just out there for strictly buckets. (laughs) I'm all about big guys who hoist jumpers and don't play defense. It warms my heart to watch that. Yeah, and I mean... He plays like he played like four minutes in that Bulls game, and like he still made enough of an impact while he was out there, like you know, just by messing. Like he he was, you can tell when he's on the floor because it's about yeah, him. Something's gonna, something's gonna happen one way or the other. 
<laughs> Good or bad, it's going to happen. Another guy, James Young for the Celtics. What do you think about James Young? I feel like his career is coming to an end. Slowly it was but surely. A, I mean, he got pulled off the team, basically, after that first game. They were like, if you're going to be out here just jacking up shots, we have to watch these young guys actually do something. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not going to have you just hoisting shots recklessly. He, he was. He played 20 minutes, and he took uh, seven shots. He was one for seven. He, he, but every time he caught the ball, he, like I think he got passed to seven times by his teammates, and that's why he took seven shots. That sounds about right. Yeah, he's in a tough spot, though. I've never seen a team with that many NBA contracts in the summer league. They had, like, seven guys who need to get their, need to get fed. It was just tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, just some other random news and notes around the weekend. Uh, I, I don't know how much you've seen the Nuggets play, but Axel Tupain of France is a stud. Great name, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he is a stud. I am all... I want that guy... I mean, he can't shoot the ball from three or anything, but... He makes smart decisions in that uh, in the Nuggets Grizzlies game. I mean, he made some great plays on Wayne Baldwin or Wade Baldwin, uh, who's like a long, lengthy guy. I know you love Baldwin, but like Tupain really impressed me. That was what guy, and I was like, he, you know, he's gonna get minutes next year on the Nuggets. Yes, yeah, a funny Nuggets story. I think it was the first game, and they started Moutier, Harris, and Jamal Murray. You yeah. could tell Moody and Harris are like, all right, bro, here's the situation. We're the starting backcourt. You're just a guy. And they were just started. They just started jacking shots left and right. And so Murray was like, "If I'm getting the ball, I'm throwing it up too." He took like four fadeaway threes. It was pretty great. And the game two, they're like, "All right, Moody and Harris, I need to be out here just jacking shots. Let's see what Jamal Murray can do." They had Murray running point. He wasn't great at it. But the story of that game was Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, now, there's Jimmer. a guy who was out there getting his buckets. Dog, Jimmer Fredette in that game was 50 percent from three, four for eight, and he was plus 38. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love these like older players who are out here just to score. Like they know the deal because they know like the more shots you put up, the more that are going to go in. Like that's the basic logic of summer league. Yeah, and it's like I mean, why not go out there if you're an old guy? You know, like go out there, prove yourself. Like Michael Beasley, like why not go out there and put up some shots, make yourself feel better? You know, get your confidence up. Score on some nineteen year olds. <laughs> he, he definitely proved himself with his three for fifteen performance. <laughs> I want Michael Beasley to at least get 15 shots a game. It's a disappointment if he's not getting 15 shots a game. He should be in summer league till he's 35. Just <laughs> coming out here and just getting buckets. That's my life. I get buckets. Uh, that's Him and good. All, the other guy was like that was Stauskas. Stauskas was funny. I've never seen an old guy like complain to the refs that much. Like He was out there, I guess, last night. And every single time he got the ball, he was he was crying at the refs about something. Yeah, so I, I wanted to talk about that. So first of all, the Sixers in general, all those guys are wearing white sleeves, like one white sleeve. It's like Ben Simmons uniform, which is a little strange to me. I want to figure out what, what's behind all that. But then Nick Stauskas is playing like he should be getting the respect of calls. You know, like he's like he's playing as if he's a superstar and should be getting superstar calls. And like complaining about it, and it just it blows my mind like the the self awareness that's lacking in that guy at this point. Well, I think you have to have if nothing else, you have to have confidence. If you lose that confidence, then it's over. As long as you have that self belief, you can build on that. Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. keep shooting, Stauskas. We got you. I mean, what else is he gonna do out there but shoot, right? Yeah. One other guy uh, I like from this weekend is uh, Malcolm Brogdon, rookie out of Virginia. Uh, the game against the select team. I mean, he had a great game. I mean, he was he was seven for fourteen. 
he was, you know, dishing the ball around. He was getting Rashad Vaughn in, uh, involved, getting Thon Maker involved. Uh, I just think he's going to play on the Bucks next season behind Chris Middleton. He's a great two guard to have off the bench. Yeah, like his feel for the game is really high. He just he's never the game is never too fast for Malcolm Brogdon. He always yeah. slows down to his tempo. And it's funny watching that, like a guy like Rashad Vaughn, who's theoretically a second year player, but he's still like three years younger than Brogdon. So yeah. like, Brogdon's this rookie, but he's actually the coach on the floor anyways. Yeah, he was like, I, I saw, like, <laughs> at one point, Thon and uh, Rashad were like, it was the three of them. It was Thon, Rashad, and uh, Brogdon. They were all, like, talking to each other, and they were, like, sitting there, like, listening to Brogdon. He was, like, clapping his hands, like, telling them what to do. And it was like, there's Malcolm Brogdon being 23-year-old Malcolm Brogdon, a.k.a. coach on the floor, a.k.a. exactly what you want if you want a surefire guy to play next season in the yeah. draft. Yeah. One guy I was impressed by from Denver was uh, Hernan Gomez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really nice. He's uh, he's thinner than I thought he was, but even though he's thin, he really competes for boards and fights out there. He moves his feet pretty well. He's got a pretty high basketball IQ. I'm not sure if he's going to come over next season. That's still in the air, but he's a good player. The Nuggets really do a good job of drafting overseas. They've really, they're really ahead of the game in that department. He, he'll be yeah. doing a good overseas fine for them. Yeah, just like two pain. All right, man. Let's uh, let's wrap up with some sort of uh, big picture thoughts uh, from this weekend, like what we saw, like whether it be a franchise that looks like they kind of sort of figured it out with like this farm system that they have of players or cool players, or just you know some player from this weekend that you're like he's a surefire guy to like get minutes next season and have an impact. I think in terms of surefire guys to get minutes, you're looking at Dragon Bender. There's yeah. a big there's a big hole at the four spot in Phoenix. I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting from day one. I think I, I really like their young core they have now with Booker, Bender, and then maybe Marquise Chris. I think Booker and Bender are two really nice bookends for this team going forward. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna piggy off, piggyback off that a little bit. I think that the Suns were the most impressive team I saw. I think that they have a great foundational guy in Booker. And I think it also sets up for them to have trade assets. I think if you're a team and you're looking for a guard that's competent, why don't why not go and try to trade for Brandon Knight? Why not try to go and trade for Archie Goodwin? Why not try to get someone like they they have T.J. Warren? Like they have so many guys on that team that are valuable uh, at other places in the NBA. And I think that you know they're pretty much stockpiling a bunch of guys. Basically, they're teaching us just draft Kentucky players, which is smart. Yeah, they have like four Kentucky guards now. Yeah, they also have those two picks from the Heat that are unprotected that look yeah. nicer and nicer every year. Yeah, so the Suns are a team that I was really impressed with. Uh, another guy and another team I liked. I liked the Hawks, and I liked DeAndre Bembry. He played uh, really well this tournament out here. He has a good feel for the game. I would love to have Bimbry on the bench behind Bazemore in Atlanta and have those two guys, you know, kind of like feeding off each other. They have a lot of energy. They both love basketball. They're both smart basketball players. I mean, I, I even saw Bimbry hit a three. If he hits those threes, he's going to be really good. Yeah, he's he's a lot he's a lot of fun to watch, and he's the only person I've ever seen uh, during the draft combine. He was like setting up Bentle to get easy buckets, and that's hard to do. Yeah, I think in general, maybe a takeaway is just, like, everyone's out here jacking three, especially the big guys. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, I mean, good for them. Like, my, why not? It's the perfect time to do it. And there were a few guys where I was like, man, if he keeps making these shots, like Jordan Mickey for the Celtics, he had a three yeah. last night. And that's a guy, if he can make threes, he's going to be a player in the league for a long time. Yeah. I like the Thon Maker theory of I'm taking four to five threes every night. Yeah, I mean, why not out here, right? I mean, a lot of them weren't making it, but... 
I saw Joel Ballenboy just jacking threes. Like, I mean, whatever, you know. Yeah. This is the time. This is the time and the place to jack threes. Yeah, and the thing that irritates me about that is Jamal Murray took like three threes against the Grizzlies in the game that I watched, and he missed all three of them. And that's the other thing too, I guess, with Vegas summer league, it's like the sample size is so small. If a guy's not hitting his threes, it makes him look worse or better than he is. Cause yeah. so much of the game in the modern NBA is making your threes or not. Yeah. Another guy, Denzel Valentine, 0 for 9 in the game against the Celtics. I wrote down all these guys that missed all these threes because that's not a good sign for you, but at the same time, it is summer league, and just keep shooting. That's that's the rule that we have here. Just keep shooting. Yeah, the more you shoot, the more they go in. That's, that's, the, the, that's the rule of summer league. That's the MVP of our podcast, Ben Bentle's final thought. <laughs> just keep shooting. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Celtics in general, I wonder about them. They have so many guys who need contracts, so many guys who have contracts, so many guys who need touches. And, like, while the Suns are making guys into assets, Boston, all their draft picks are kind of fighting them. They're kind of, like, cannibalizing themselves. They don't get a lot of minutes. Yeah. They don't get a lot of shots. They don't get a lot of touches. So who's going to want to trade for them? I don't know. I don't know, but they need to start making some deals ASAP. And I know a guy who will take some shots for any team that's been mental. All right, Sharks. All right, good talking to you, man. All right, man. Peace. Enjoy Vegas. Watch out for Excalibur. Merlin's around. He's always watching. Always. Peace.